Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. The second day of the second test match at Old Trafford has ended very well for England, as you probably all know, with England now in the lead by 437 after that colossal first innings. A great effort to get over 400 in the first innings of a test match, something that England haven't done too often, and then taking that late West Indies wicket of John Campbell as well. So it's been a top day for England and a particularly top day for the two centurions, Dominic Sibley and Ben Stokes. Very different innings, Simon, though. Yeah, more of the same from Dom Sibley today. 34 runs of 119 balls, caught in the deep, going for a, a big shot out for 120. And uh, Ben Stokes, I mean, he's a curious innings in a way because he absolute dedication for that first, well, 100 runs, really. Although, what, what sort of modern way to, to go to 100? It's really strange, isn't it? He's 99 not out, 254 balls. And how do you go to 100? You reverse sweep for four. You, you know, you play so conventionally and then drew out that remarkable shot to, to go to 100 and then he accelerated to 150 and then slowed down again and then got out to a, a sort of curious reverse pull. Um, <laughs> fine innings though, magnificent innings. Uh, in innings of real sort of responsibility and, and dedication to the cause. Yeah, well, I think I said uh, last night he sort of had the bit between his teeth in the, on the first day and, mm. you know, he got to 40 as he had in the first test and then been kind of winkled out or almost got himself out really through through slight impatience I, I was interested to listen to uh well firstly to Alistair Cook talking on the BBC today about about uh, Stokes's sort of evolution and funnily enough also I chatted to Mark Ramprakash about it who was the batting coach for a long time uh, for England of course and you know Ramprakash said that when Stokes was first in the England side and when he was in the England Lions before that he was a sort of angry young man who wanted to lash it everywhere and then in the second sort of incarnation of his batting he became a bit <clears throat> almost strokeless for a while uh, and and now he seems to have found this uh, incredibly solid defence and obviously a range of attacking strokes, but the the concentration to sustain it as well, which I guess only really a few people have to be able to, to bat for that, that length of time and have that range of shots, but yet rein them in as well and, and try and, and actually resist playing them. Funnily enough, I, I chatted to him a bit, Stokes, after the practice day at uh, the Rajasthan Royals at the IPL last year, and he and Steve Smith were batting in practice the day before an IPL game 
uh, it was at night and it was about sort of seven o'clock and the bowlers were all charging in and Steve Smith and uh, Ben Stokes. It's your it's your original nightmare, isn't it, to have those two uh, to bowl out in the nets sort of on rotation. But they batted together for I would say nearly two hours. And mm. okay, this was preparing for an IPL game. And so, you know, the balls were raining down on us on the boundary, flying in all directions. You know, it was like a fireworks display, these white balls sailing into the sky. But after the, the session, I said to Stokes, um, he'd, batting, he'd definitely been batting for nearly two hours, and I said, don't you get bored batting all that time? And he said, no, I, I could have batted another two hours. So uh, it's interesting, there, there, there is that mindset of certain people you know, I didn't have it, definitely, and you probably didn't. Maybe you did, but and obviously Alistair Cook had it. But especially to have that range of shots and yet to be able to resist playing them for that length of time until he got to his 100 anyway, was, I thought, a tremendous effort. Now, what's characterised his batting, I think, of, of late in the last you know year or two, is the fact that he is prepared to put in the, the hard yards for the first you know fifty, as it turned out today, the first ninety nine. Really, you know, really sort of rein himself in, and because I think you know most most people when they go to watch Ben Stokes bat, they want to see the or expect to see that those thrilling shots that we know he's capable of, that you know those remarkable strokes he. He played at Headingley last year against Australia. I mean, some of the most thrilling batting I think anyone you know has ever seen. Reverse sweeping lion for six into the the West Stand. It's those sort of strokes, really. But he has become a, a far more orthodox type of player for the first part of his innings. And you know, today he did unfurl you know several big shots against Jason Holder. For example, I thought he was really going to let go. I thought we were suddenly in for something spectacular, and then it was a, it was a change again. Back to I don't know whether there was a message in the dressing room saying like you know come on we need to be careful here that we don't squander the chance of four fifty plus. And actually, the England sort of nearly did in a way, but they they eventually got there through that last wicket stand. West Indies were you know a tired outfit uh, by the end. Um, you know it's it, it's a wonderful time to be watching England cricket because. You know, Stokes is such a fascinating character to, to watch on the field. He's such a talented cricketer. And also as well, and you think of someone like Virat Kohli, who really improved his batting career by his dedication to fitness. And I think that's been part of Stokes's career as well. Not saying, you know, he was desperately unfit a while back, but, you know, he really has improved his, his fitness levels. I remember being in Sri Lanka, you know, they play and then he'd come back to the hotel and go in the gym. You know, it was almost, I think Trevor Bayliss got one stage, was sort of concerned he was almost working too hard. But, you know, he, he, after that incident in Bristol, there seems to be such a focus in his, in his cricket career to sort of make up for the, the cricket he missed. And, you know, we, we saw it again today, teth, a tenth Test match 100 for Ben Stokes. I mean, I wonder whether you think he's actually now England's best batsman, that he might be ahead of Joe Root, or is it, is it a difficult one to call? It's all, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're very different sort of players, obviously. Yeah, and obviously Root's got that uh, track record and, and uh, you know, superb average in all formats. I think Root is better at uh, sort of manipulating the ball and, and getting off strike and, and finding a way to score. Stokes can get a bit bogged down, but uh, his defence is absolutely superb. He, undoubtedly, he'll become England's greatest all-rounder because I, I, because he's going to score more Test hundreds than Ian Botham. He won't take more Test wickets, 
And maybe you could say that Botham's wickets are more valuable than Stokes' runs will be. But when you factor in Stokes' all-round ability, his ability in one-day cricket as well, winning the World Cup, etc., I think he'll have to be seen as England's greatest all-rounder. He's going to get probably 18, maybe 20 test hundreds, which will put him up there with most of the great batsmen who've played for, for England, never mind all-rounders. Uh, the shot of the day today, he produced, didn't he? That extraordinary bunt over mm. long on was just a little block, really, off Alzari Joseph, went sailing into the stand for six, just an, almost an effortless shot. And it reminded me, actually, of doing some throwdowns with Stokes a couple of years ago when I was doing a, a, a sort of little sponsored feature with him. And I was throwing a few at him, and I was foolish enough to not wear pads or a helmet doing throwdowns. And he just blocked one back at me, like he had been in today's cricket, constantly. You know, and I was a bit slow getting down, and he sort of ricocheted, almost took my shin off. And it was only a block. So, you know, he's got this incredible latent power as well. I think the West Indies were, and I guess one has to be a bit forgiving because it is back-to-back tests. They fielded the same bowling attack, whereas England fielded a completely different bowling attack. And maybe that's a lesson going forwards. When you've had four hard days of test cricket, it's pretty hard to come out and, you know, put your, you're putting the, the opposition in. That's when bowlers, having done all the hard yards only a couple of days before, their heart sinks when their captain wins a toss in the next test match and puts the opposition in. And they they laboured hard, but I felt they missed a trick or two, not enough bouncers. They didn't test mm. out Sibley or Stokes, really, with the short ball. And, you know, Manchester does bounce a bit. And I felt they underbowled uh, Roston Chase early on as well, because he was getting turn when the ball was really quite new. And yet this morning they rotated the seamers. They took they were slow taking the second new ball. They actually didn't bowl that well in the first session of the first day either. So it, it's funny, isn't it? These back-to-back tests have a, a weird way of swinging one way and then the other. Yeah, West Indies had four days between bowling efforts, didn't they? Because they didn't bowl on the, the last day at Southampton. Then they had three days uh, to prepare for this test match. I mean, I, I felt it's... it at the time. It, it felt like a good toss to lose. Mm. Um, so I don't think England were that bothered about batting first. I just wonder whether, you know, Jason Holder looked up. It felt like a bowling day and... You know whether they could have been braver and and batted first, but I can I can understand the decision. So you know you you sort of protect your bowlers in that way, don't you? By you know hopefully doing what England do and, and digging in for a day and a half, two days, and then putting pressure on the opposition. So I mean that was, that would be one way of doing it. The other way would be to to freshen it up. I mean they have got uh, players, yeah. fast bowlers yeah. in their squad, but they're quite raw. So perhaps they didn't want to to risk them in such an important game. Yeah, I think that's a mistake, uh, and I I would have forecast that a little bit because the the trouble is it, you know what it's like everybody out there who's done their sort of fitness and you know workouts and things often it's the second and third day after the workout rather than the first day when you're mm. feeling sore and stiff and that's definitely the case with bowling you actually the, the often the day after you know someone like uh, Shannon Gabriel looked absolutely buggered after one of the days yeah. at Southampton, he turned up the next day and pulled really well and got more wickets. It's often two or three days after, and also factor in the fact that it was the first proper cricket they'd played for some months. It's like, uh, you know, sort of when you bowled. 
30, 40 overs on these hard sort of tracks, honestly, it's like being run over by a JCB. You just feel your whole body aches. And it does take a few days, especially the first time after a few months. It does take a few days to get rid of that. England have got this fresh attack, of course, of Curran, Broad and Wokes. I just wonder whether, the, you know, if they could have looked at it again, they wouldn't have minded having Jack Leach in their side. I think they would love to have Jack Leach in their side now, you know, left-arm spinner to take the ball away from all these West Indian uh, right-handers. The one left-hander, John Campbell, has already been dismissed by Curran at LBW. It should have been two, actually. Mm. Curran had... Alzari Joseph LBW, but they didn't review it. It was given not out. It was one of those difficult ones for the umpire where there was bat involved, but it was bat after pad. And you know, if they had reviewed it, it was ap- it was absolutely plumb. Uh, Joseph, uh, <laughs> wonderful effort as a night watchman, came out and played some shots. Actually, he saw the you know the alternative way of being a night watchman, uh, taking on the England bowlers. He survived uh, after a fashion to the close. Craig. Brathwaite was adhesive. The, I mean, the one factor, the big factor against England from from now on. I, mean, I think you know, you, in a conventional sense, three full days. You 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 know, you back England to go close to winning this match. And they may still do so. The weather forecast for the third day is not particularly good. I mean, there is a suggestion. I mean, you don't quite know how these things are going to work out in the end. There is a suggestion there might be no play at all on the third day, in which case England have got a real race against time uh, to win the match. Not impossible, of course. West Indies' follow-on target is, is 270. It may well be that England will have to tr- you know, try to enforce the follow-on to, to win the game. Otherwise, you know, they might run out of time. The forecast of the last two days is good, so we can have you know, 98 overs in, th- in theory. So it, you know, might, it, it, we'll have to see what happens with the weather tomorrow. But England, in a, in a good position... But are they going to be allowed to, sort of, to force it home? Not only the bowlers and batsmen have had to adjust to, to life on the field after that long break, but the umpires too, quite a few mistakes. Uh, it's inevitably made uh, these sort of precise judgments that they have to make and there have been a few wrong ones. Thank goodness for the DRS that, that corrects those mistakes. And while we're talking of umpires, I'd just like to mention the back page of the new Cricketer magazine, which I mentioned yesterday, uh, the, the mag, which focuses a lot on re-engaging the black community with the game. But the, the last page is uh, a column called Whatever Happened To, and usually it, it features some old player and where they've ended up, what they've ended up doing. But this month's actually about Dickie Bird. And uh, you know, typically he's got some, some lovely sort of thoughts uh, looking back at lockdown, and he just says... Um, I'm pretty well for 87. Regarding food, my neighbours have been very good leaving meals on the doorstep. I'm not the best of cooks. No, I can imagine that. So all I have to do is warm the food up. But I burnt a few pans cooking the vegetables and once almost set fire to the oven. <laughs> Indeed, I've had to do some cooking for the first time in my life. I've been a bit lonely, but I've been by myself all my life because I never married and gave my life to cricket. I've missed it badly. I'd have been at every home game each day. So, mm. poor old Dickie. I'm sure he's, he's missing cricket like many of us. Uh, county cricket is only, what, uh, about two weeks away now. And league cricket actually starts tomorrow. So, let's hope the weather holds. It sounds a bit dodgy in the north, but I think it's going to be absolutely scorching in the south. There's also the possibility, Yoz, of crowds returning to county cricket. You know, this pilot yeah. scheme where they're trying to bring... Uh, you know, small crowds back to sporting events with uh, county cricket being part of that. I mean, that that would be an, a, you know another step forward. 
you know, today Stokes making 176. I mean, that, there was that thrilling session where he took on Holder, and you, and, you know, and also when he reached his hundred with that reverse sweep, when you know you could imagine the the crowd all standing up and cheering him, and you know that that sense of interaction between player and crowd, and you know, we, of course, we we've missed that this week and, and and last week as well, and you know, it will be great eventually to to get the crowds back. It, it obviously, you know, sport without crowds is is not the same. I think we've seen that with you know with Premier League football as well and, and Championship football and. We've seen it with this with with this test series. You know, it may well be on that last day at, at Southampton. You know, the crowd might have been able to inspire England's bowlers, just given that extra lift they needed at certain times on the final day. But it'd be great to, well, great if people can actually go out and watch some, some cricket in the next few weeks, and it'll be fantastic to get crowds back at international cricket. It's not going to happen at international cricket this summer because there have been guarantees made to uh, the Pakistan Cricket Board and the, the Ireland Cricket Board and also the Australian Cricket Board as well that that won't happen. So, you know, we'll have to wait until next season, but it'll be good, it'll be good to get spectators uh, back into the ground, obviously. And what about for commentators? Do you find you're not as excited about a wicket because you're not lifted by the crowd's excitement. I think, um, yeah, to some extent, yeah. And you're, you're conscious of the crowd not being there. I mean, I commentated on Don Sibley's 100 today, and it's, it's not the same. You know, if, if it, you've got 100 in front of uh, you know, a full Friday crowd, then they'd have been all up and cheering him on. And, you know, you have that, you commentate with the crowd, so you, you allow the crowd noise... Uh, to be part of the commentary as well. So, yeah, we, we have felt it. And it, I think it, this week it has felt a bit flatter than at Southampton. Perhaps there's, you know, that initial enthusiasm. It's great that cricket is back. And also we had a compelling game as well. Uh, you know, what we need, I think, to, is is a really sort of interesting contest to develop over the next three days. And it might well happen. It might well be, you know, that West Indies are, are looking to stave off defeat on the final day with England pushing for victory and men around the bat and Don Best spinning it and, and that you know that's what we need really that cut and thrust if the game sort of fizzles out into a you know into a tame draw fine for the West Indies it means they uh, retain the wisdom trophy but in terms of a spectacle uh, that's you know that's not what we want we want that sort of cut and thrust and we had it certainly had it in Southampton okay well if it is a, a bit damp tomorrow it'd be a good day to read the cricketer magazine and you can subscribe to it at www.thecricketer.com slash subscribe. Oh, sorry, I keep banging on about it, but we put a lot of effort into this mag and we want people to read it. So please do. And we'll be back at rain or shine tomorrow at this time to talk about, hopefully, some good play on the third day. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.